Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hello, hello, everybody. Today is going to be a great day because we are about to know better and then we're going to get better and we're doing it together because we're better together, my friends. Heal Squad, what up? So excited to have you back here today for this really important conversation with Dr. Amy Myers. We are talking all about autoimmune conditions and your gut health and how to heal and get better from somebody who had to do it herself. I always love talking to a doctor who has done it themselves. Uh, If you are new to the show, welcome. This is what we do here every single day. We try to get better in all areas of life, especially our health. Uh, Today, our quote for the day is from Dr. Amy Myers. Your mental health and physical health should never be thought of as separate. We'll get into that a little bit in the show. Uh, Dr. Amy Myers She's a physician, functional medicine expert, two-time New York Times bestselling author. She specializes in women's health concerns and those that often go unaddressed after struggling with gut issues for the majority of her life, Myers fought back and took control of her life. She now has a mission to not let modern medicine fail other women. She was the founder and medical director of Austin Ultra Health, a clinic based in Austin. She's healed herself of many, many things, and you are going to get to hear all about that in this episode. So without further ado, let's chat with Dr. Myers. Um, okay, so let's let's do this. Um, I am so excited to chat with you because I feel like autoimmune diseases are, um, are often just kind of like, oh, it's just an autoimmune condition, no big deal, it's just a thyroid, everybody has it, and they're kind of swept aside Um, and then what people don't realize until you're me or others and you start racking them up, like, wait, this is, this isn't good. Like we've, we've got to actually be taking proactive steps to heal or reverse or do whatever you can. So you've devoted your, your life now to this, having gone through it yourself. So I'd love to hear your take on kind of 
you know, the state of autoimmune conditions and, and modern medicines kind of role in maybe normalizing this? I don't know. I want to hear from you. Yeah. So as you said, I've been through this myself. I, my second year of medical school, I was diagnosed with Graves disease, which is hyperactive thyroid. I was having um, panic attacks and losing weight, even though I was eating. I like many women and many people with autoimmunity because they can begin to develop so many more years before you actually get diagnosed. You go to your doctor, you say, I'm having the symptom. It waxes, it wanes. Mine actually came on very acutely. And I finally, as I was having tremors and my med school friends said, you've got to get to the doctor. I went and she brushed me off. She said, oh, you're a second year medical student. You think that you have everything that you're learning. This is just stress there's nothing wrong with you. And I said, well, I'm sorry. You know, I've been in the Peace Corps two years in the middle of nowhere. I came back. My mother died unexpectedly of pancreatic cancer very quickly in four months. I have never responded to any stress like this in my life. This is not stress. I know there is something wrong with me and I need you to do a full workup. She called a couple of weeks later and barely apologized and told me that I had Graves disease. And um, how did they diagnose that? Um, They look at your thyroid levels. So mine were barely elevated, but they were elevated. And then there can be certain autoimmune markers that are also elevated in Graves' disease. Um, I actually had uh, TPO antibodies, which is more seen in Hashimoto's. Um, And so my antibodies were elevated. You know, to diagnose autoimmunity, just to back up, I mean, what happens is for many people, It does occur more in women than men. They believe that it's hormonally related. Um, It tends to happen in women in their 30s, 40s, 50s. It is happening much younger now. I've been seeing that trend happening. Children coming to see me in my clinic, things like that. But children? Children. I mean, we still, I have goosebumps. I mean, this week on Instagram alone had two moms emailing me about their children, young children having Graves disease and needing help for that. So yes, it is happening, you know, two children now. I think I was diagnosed. I was diagnosed live on the Today Show. I was hosting and created a whole segment on diabetes. And my dad's diabetes doctor, Dr. Ann Peters tested me live on the show. And she's like, oh, (laughs) you have Hashimoto's. I was like, oh, wonderful. (laughs) Yeah. So people, you know, have symptoms that wax and wane. It's generally women. We get diet, we get misdiagnosed or dismissed. We're generally in an age group where maybe you're in perimenopause or menopause, or maybe you're a new mom. A lot of uh, like Hashimoto's comes out after pregnancy. Again, these shifts in hormones in women. So we get dismissed as being tired because we're in our 50s or perimenopausal or we're a new mom and we're not sleeping. So Mm -hmm. there are a lot of reasons to dismiss these symptoms as being aging or situational. And then, you know, these antibodies can come out many, many years, but conventional medicine isn't looking to prevent anything. So they're not proactively checking antibodies on people. In my clinic, I was checking them. And even though people didn't have symptoms yet, we saw these antibodies coming and then we could do things to reverse this before they even got their symptoms. So the the point is, it's this long spectrum that can happen over many, many years And what you need to be officially diagnosed with autoimmunity is to have those antibodies, which is showing destruction of whatever the tissue is that's being attacked by your body and to have symptoms, right? I mean, just to have antibodies, but no symptoms doesn't classically within conventional medicine give you that diagnosis. So you need the antibodies, Mm -hmm. which 
shows tissue destruction, and then you need to have, you know, a consolation of symptoms. You're the first I don't know person. Your question, <clears throat> I kind of digressed, but oh, we'll we'll get all of it. Don't yeah. worry. But you're the first person I've heard tie autoimmune conditions to hormones. Oh yeah, I mean, look, it's a multi-million-dollar question, right? What is the cause of autoimmunity? And in fact. In my book, The Autoimmune Solution, I talk about five factors, and that is, you know, leaky gut, our diet, the toxins in our environment, stress, and infections. So you could have Hashimoto's and I could have Hashimoto's, but the reason that we have Hashimoto's could be completely different. Um, you know, the, the hormone is simply a theory at this point because there are many more women than men, and we often, as I mentioned before, see these shifts in pregnancy. In fact, when I would have women um, come to my clinic uh, with autoimmunity and they got pregnant, some people would have, while they were pregnant, they would have their, all their symptoms would go away. And, you know, again, that's believed because certain, certain autoimmune conditions get better with higher estrogens and certain ones get worse. Mm. Other people would have worsening symptoms when they were pregnant. And certainly after birth, you know, it could go either way. And a lot of times it'd go haywire. So I would often recommend to women, and I know this is kind of controversial, but I saw it work over and over, is placental encapsulation, which is, you know, when you deliver, they can um, actually freeze dry your placenta, which contains all of those hormones because the giant shifts in the hormones that seem to be the trigger of a lot of autoimmune conditions. Whether and what it's do you do with it? Eat oh, it. and then you, yeah, and then you, they put them in capsules and then you ingest it. Of course, you want to work with somebody who does this. You want to work with somebody that's you know, testing it, that there's, you know, no additional bacteria and things like that, but you're putting those hormones back into your body. So it's a much more gentle shift of the fluctuations of the progesterones and the estrogens. Wow. Yeah. I um, mean, I've seen it uh, work incredibly well with a, with a lot of women in my clinic. That's amazing. When you talk about um, conventional medicine not wanting to heal, tell me about your experience working within that system and then going off on your own. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was in the Peace Corps. I grew up with um, parents that were very holistic. My father was a specialist in, in Chinese relations and we took, um, you know, Chinese herbs and things whenever we were, um, whenever we were sick, which is very rarely when we were little. Um, so anyway, I, I went into the Peace Corps with this idea that I wanted to do holistic medicine. And I, you know, worked with various herbs when I was down there and grew herbs. And so when I came back, I actually looked at going to Bastyr naturopathic medical school. Very long story short, I ultimately decided to go to allopathic medicine, medical school, but that I would do electives in integrative medicine. I did an, a rotation with Dr. Andrew Weil. I mean, I, I did all of my research in alternative medicine. So I came in with this idea that I wanted to do functional medicine, although I didn't know what it was at the time. So when I got diagnosed with, um, you know, Graves' disease, I looked and I looked for someone that ultimately I became a functional medicine doctor. I mean, back then there were very few functional medicine doctors. I even, you know, consulted with Dr. Andrew Weil, you know, what could I do? I scoured the research to find anything that could help me uh, reverse my Graves' disease, and I couldn't find anything. And so I had the choice of going on um, medication. At the time, it was PTU, which basically is a very toxic medication. One in a million can have liver failure from it, um, or having surgery, or having my thyroid ablated. So I 
shunned all of those and tried some Chinese medicine first. And um, that didn't work for me. And then I ultimately begrudgingly did the PTU. Within a couple of weeks, I was having, um, my hair was falling out, my skin was dry, I was super fatigued. I went back to the doctor, he checked my labs and I was that one in a million. I was beginning to have liver failure from PTU. And uh, this was the beginning (laughs) of my second year of medical school. I had to just sit out for several weeks, you know, recover. During that time, of course, I had to get off the medication. And then I became very hyperthyroid at that point, just insomnia, panic attacks, I couldn't sleep. So I had to make a decision, you know, what to do. And I, um, I had my thyroid ablated with iodine-131. So it's seriously the only regret I have in my life. Um, and what do, you, what do you regret doing that? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, we can all look back on our lives. And certainly by doing that and having, you know, my saying is that conventional medicine failed me. And it's my mission to not have it fail you too. And it did put me on a mission. You know, it put me on a mission that... Um, that we could do better than that, that, you know, to, to destroy an organ, a vital organ that every cell in your body has a receptor to your thyroid hormone. You know, if you are not feeling well and you have a thyroid, your thyroid is going to maybe kick in and give you a little more thyroid hormone to help combat that cold or overcome that fatigue. I get the same dose of thyroid hormone day in and day out, no matter what's happening, no matter what inputs are hitting mm-hmm. me day. Right. So you know, it is literally a vital organ. I mean, it, it regulates our metabolism. Every cell in our body has a receptor. So, but, you know, it put me on this path to help prevent other people from being in this position. And of course, I, you know, love what I do. And I've helped so many people reverse Graves' disease and not have to do what I did. And of course, it's bittersweet, right? To, mm-hmm. to realize that I've helped so many other people do this. But that was the answer for conventional medicine. And then, you know, it was a real roller coaster afterwards. You know, I was thyroid hormone was dumping in my body and, you know, I had these panic attacks again, and then I went hypothyroid and then you start on the hormones. I was lucky, you know, I was into alternative therapies. And so I was reading a lot and I read about um, at the time Cytomel or, you know, armor thyroid that has T3 in it, which is the active free T3, the active form of your thyroid hormone. Whereas most people are just on a Synthroid or on a Lavoxyl, which is just T4, and it's relying on your body to convert to T3. And many people do that just fine. But someone like myself, or if you've had thyroid cancer and had a thyroidectomy, or you've had your thyroid ablated, we're less likely to do that because we don't have any extra thyroid tissue to make up for that deficit. Mm. And so being in medical school and ultimately becoming a physician, you know, when I approached other physicians, they were more, even though they were conventional physicians, they were more open-minded and more receptive to me walking in than perhaps a lay person doing that. So, you know, there and beyond, I had a, probably a different experience than many people did just because of, you know, medical school and becoming a physician. Um, but many people don't have that experience, you know? Yeah. So I didn't know Graves disease could be reversed. Oh, yes. I mean, I have helped many, many people. I mean, I, it really, I talk about again in my book, this, this, the autoimmune spectrum. It's a phrase that I coined back in 2015. And, you know, it's really, where are you on the spectrum? How much tissue has been destroyed? Where, you know, where on that spectrum do you catch things? And so, you know, if you're catching things where it's just in the inflammatory stage, the attacks beginning, 
Absolutely. I mean, again, working either solely with a, fi- a functional medicine physician who's very well versed in this or working with the conventional physician that has them on something, you know, methamazole or a PTU that's suppressing while we're working to heal the gut, while we're working to relieve the stressors, while we're working to get rid of any infections that could be there, while we're working to get rid of toxins and changing the diet, you know, then you, then, you know, you stay on what you're on um, if it's working for you and you Mm -hmm. begin to build this foundation. And as this foundation gets solid and more solid and more solid, people can begin to wean off of these medications in many instances. Now, the ones that, you know, I'm never going to get off thyroid hormone. I don't have a thyroid. I mean, if I don't have a thyroid and I don't take thyroid hormone, I'm going to die. It's like a diabetic, a type one diabetic who, you know, is very far along on the journey and very far along on the destruction. If they're not getting insulin, they're going to run into some serious problems. So I don't, that's why I also don't call these things medication. I mean, I, I, dispel that myth in my book, The Thyroid Connection, where people get so upset that they're on a medication. You're not on a medication. You're on a supplemental thyroid hormone. And in many cases, if we catch that early on before so much destruction has occurred in both Hashimoto's or Graves, we can keep you off that hormone. But if it, you know, you're coming in at the, at the end of the destruction or mid-destruction, we may not be able to fully we can maybe stop further destruction, but maybe enough has occurred that you still need some supplemental hormone. How do you know where on that spectrum you are? Well, I mean, it, it, you know, it's difficult to say, right? I mean, I would look at how long the symptoms have been going on. I mean, you certainly can do some lab testing, um, you know, based on particularly like a thyroid and you could see how high your TSH or how low your free T3 or free T4 are. But again, that's, a, you know, your thyroid is, you know, it's a beautiful movie that's happening all day long and you're getting one snapshot. You're getting one picture of that beautiful movie. Nobody that's talks happening. about that though, because yeah, that's the case with all time. of your blood. Yeah. With everything. Right? Yeah. I mean, particularly something as dynamic as your thyroid that is constantly changing due to the inputs coming in. Now people will say, well, I have Hashimoto's. I'm on supplemental thyroid hormone. I feel good. Why do I need to do anything? Well, if you, again, you have a fire brewing and if you never dealt with that foundation or that fire, the studies show that once you have one autoimmune condition, you're three times more likely to get another one. Mm -hmm. And frankly, you know, you'd be lucky to have Hashimoto's and not have vitiligo or alopecia or myasthenia gravis or MS or, you know, a whole number of autoimmune conditions that can be truly disfiguring or or, you know, uh, what do I want to say, you know, disruptive to your yeah. life, not to diminish how disruptive thyroid was to my life at one point, but you know, I'm, I feel good now, but if you don't deal with that underlying reason, how you got there, you are leaving yourself open to mm-hmm. more conditions. I mean, it was not uncommon for people to come into my clinic with two, three, four, five, six autoimmune conditions. That's the thing that I was saying at the beginning of this. They tell you you have something like Hashimoto's and it's so routine to them. And the Western world, like you said, isn't really, um, their function isn't to heal you. Their function is to diagnose and prescribe. And so 
that happened to me. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. They told me I was fine, that I don't need any medication. And then I've just accumulated autoimmune condition after autoimmune condition. And so that's part of why I'm so passionate about what I get to do here and shining a light on all of this. You said something really interesting. And for someone who comes from a lot of diabetics, um, you, you said that for someone who's far down the line in diabetes, have you seen people be able to reverse type one as well? Well, I've seen younger patients come in and be able to stay off of insulin. And of course, with type I'm, one. Yes. Whenever I make this comment, you know, I, there's a flurry of comments below that mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I can assure you, you know, if you're newly diagnosed, whether as a child or as an adult with type one, again, it's if you're catching it early on. Now, I haven't tracked these children to know in 20 years if they've managed to stay off of insulin. But in the beginning, absolutely. I mean, as you probably know, you go to the diabetic um, RN or registered dietitian and they go over what to eat. And it's basically mm -hmm. like basically eat any Bread. stuff. You can get up and drink some orange juice in the morning, but be sure to give yourself some extra insulin. <laughs> well, if you get on a ketogenic diet, a very low carb diet, a high fat diet, often you can stay, uh, you know, protein stabilize these blood sugars to where people can stay off of insulin. Again, I don't have multi-year studies to see, you know, when these people got on insulin and if they ever did, but I can absolutely tell you, I've had people come into my clinic that um, that have either remained off of insulin or have a very low dose, and it's a very steady state. I mean, it's it's they're not dealing with these huge fluctuations in yeah. blood sugars that they're just zapping with. Yeah, because it's highs and lows and highs and lows. And the right. way nutritionists guide you yes. is they tell you to eat bread at every meal. Mm -hmm. If you eat bread, you have to take more insulin, exactly. which, you know, if you want to go down that path, you could say, well, this is just supporting the insulin industry. But I, I, I know what you're saying is true. I, I, I believe that. Um, how many of your patients came in and did this on their own? How many of them were guided by you to this place? Well, I mean, I've written several books now. And so a lot of people, because uh, I mean, I'm clinically retired now and, you know, I had a thousand people on my waiting list when I decided that I needed to retire based on, uh, it doesn't matter, but, a, a you know, a, a new child in my life and uh, another health scare with toxic mold. And so um, anyway, many people would have read the book or, you know, as we had very long waiting lists, we're encouraging the book or doing some of my online programs. So many people, I mean, back in the day when I started my clinic, I remember Mark Hyman saying to me, don't worry, diet heals 80% of it. And being an ER doctor. That's of it what meaning what? Everything? Most chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. And I was an ER doctor. So there was no follow-up, right? Like, you survived, you didn't survive, whatever happened, I rarely saw you again. So this was new for me that I was going to have this continuity of care and I was going to have to face people if I, you know, wasn't performing and if they weren't getting well. And I was a cash-based practice. So I, you know, was charging for my time. So I was heavily invested. And in the beginning, that was true. People would come, you know, candida, here's a candida diet, gluten sensitivity. 
And then after you write a couple of New York Times bestsellers, people start coming from all over the world and they are the people with six autoimmune conditions. Mm -hmm. So it got very, very, you know, more complex. And I had to dig deeper into the toxic molds and the limes and the, you know, other toxins and stress. I mean, I, I really had to dig deep. So, but many people were already reading and doing, right? That people were already, oh, I've already done the whole program before I've even seen you yet. So those easy, quote unquote, easy fixes were no longer available to me. They were already coming in, having read every article on my website, read every book. Um, so Do you have a place in your book about type one and, and reducing your insulin? I don't have something specific to that. I mean, the my book is The Autoimmune Solution, and I do you know, it's the same fundamental principles for any autoimmune condition, you know, healing the gut, you know, uh, changing your diet, getting rid of the gluten, like grains, legumes, taming the toxins, relieving your stress, healing your infections. It's the same. But I do want to put some caveats on, you know, type one diabetics and Hashimoto's or Graves or thyroidectomies, because you are replacing a hormone and it is a vital organ that you cannot survive without. And I don't want people to feel like a failure if they need to stay on these. I mean, that, that was really the thing that I wrote yeah. about the most is you're not a failure. I mean, it is a hormone. It's a vital hormone that you need. And but also everyone's like individual. What? Everyone's individual. Oh, everybody's what in might work for you won't work oh. for me. So that's why you have to have, you know, some kind of empathy with yourself along the way that, you know, someone else might be able to get off and you might not be able to, and it's not your fault. Right. And I think irregardless, if you're on a more low carb diet, if you get rid of gluten, if you get rid of dairy, these very inflammatory foods, if you get rid of processed foods, you're only going to stabilize your blood sugars, no matter where you are on that spectrum Mm -hmm. and, and require potentially less insulin, right? Mm -hmm. Or less insulin throughout the day. And it again is these major shifts that is going to destroy your, what you have left of your pancreas, right? I mean, if you keep it in this steady state, it's just going to be more healthy all around for you. And of course, looking for those root causes. So you're not opening yourself up to yet another autoimmune condition. Yeah. What, um, what, in terms of dairy, because you just said that and it reminds me, I'm like, ooh, I got to pull back a little bit on the dairy because uh, I've cut carbs, I've cut sugar, I've cut, you know, everything, but I have a little dairy in there. Yeah. Um, so I have a little bit of butter here and there. I have, uh, what do I also have? Um, sometimes I'll put a little half and half in my green tea because I cut coffee. So that makes it feel like a treat. Um, what do you do for dairy instead of like regular dairy? Do you do A2 casein? No, I, I don't. Um, so he, here's the thing with dairy. It is very inflammatory, but what kind of dairy and how it's processed can affect people in different ways. Or another way to say it is you could tolerate it in different ways. So, you know, organic versus raw versus, you know, fully pasteurized, not organic versus butter versus um, uh, yogurt, right? How it's fermented. Butter, you know, has has very little casein. I, I'm able to use ghee and I'm able to use um, manchego, which is a sheep's cheese. So are you doing sheep? Are you doing goat? Are you doing cow? Are you doing the A, 
you know, two cows, what are you doing? And I heard a two was the good thing to do. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, yeah. it, you know, it, it all depends. Are you doing, you know, um, my daughter uh, did after she was done with breast milk, did camel's milk. So they all have similar proteins, but they are different. And then how they are processed, whether um, they're cultured, whether they're raw, um, has different enzymes, the proteins change. And so you may be someone who can tolerate these things. You may be someone who can't. So the way that I always recommend is to do an elimination diet, get it fully out, <clears throat> add one thing back in at a time, see how your body responds. You know, it may be that you can do a little butter every now and then. It may be that you can eat butter every day just because of it. It may be that you can't, um, you know, there are some excellent, you know, but then we're dealing with nuts and things like that that can have different issues, but there are some, some excellent uh, alternative butters out there. I use ghee because it's very clarified. Most of the caseins out of it. I forgot uh, about my ghee. So, I loved what? my ghee. I forgot about that. I have yeah, it. I love I mean, it. I got to use that instead. Right. And so um, there's some good alternative milks and alternative creams, but also it gets back to, which I do want to talk about because I talk about this in my books. Look, you know, when you're dealing with a health crisis, you got to hit it hard, right? Get rid of all the stuff. As you begin to heal, as you have that really strong foundation, you can add some things back in. Yeah, because then the body can handle it. Like yes, it's not it's, in, in that like crisis mode. Absolutely. So it's not about lifelong deprivation or that you can never eat these things. Okay, if you have six autoimmune conditions, maybe you can't. Maybe you can. I, you know, it, it's so different for everybody. And it's, and, and that's where it's really about. And what I felt like I prided myself on in my clinic was teaching people to really listen to their body and how do they respond to it? I mean, you might, I could tell you that wine's bad for you for all the reasons of, you know, leaky gut to candida, but maybe your time of the night is sitting with your spouse or your significant other on a balcony, watching the sunset, having one glass of wine and the endorphins and the, and you know, the mindset of all of this good endorphins and things running through your body, healing it, even though you're having something that's bad, mm -hmm. right? Versus you're doing everything right. You're not eating any of the stuff. You've cut out the wine, but you're going through the world just pissed off that you have this <laughs> autoimmune condition. I mean, what, what signals are you giving to your body? And so everybody's body circumstance, what they're putting in, what they can tolerate, it's so individualized that I think learning your body and knowing how things affect you is one of the greatest gifts that you can have in life so that you can make decisions for yourself and be empowered to what feels good, even if a book told you it was bad for you versus something that, you know, doesn't feel good to you. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but 
It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Waze new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Waze seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. Yeah. I think that that's such a great thing. As you were saying it, I'm like, our listeners are probably so grateful to hear that. Um, But when you are trying to help someone who has, you know, some serious stuff going on, but they have to make a drastic change, like you said, how do you get them there? How do you get them to find that willpower? Because that's the thing I hear from people all the time is, you know, the, the willpower is so, so hard. Well, (laughs) I mean, when you've sat on a waiting list for six months and, you know, you're paying cash to come see somebody, I was very fortunate. I mean, most people listened to me. I mean, they kind of called me the hurricane and then they would go see my nutritionist. That would be, you know, sweet and, you know, gentle. And I would just, you know, you walked in, you want to hear what I have to say? You know, I mean, I had someone come into my, I mean, I've had lots of people, but one gentleman that came in, I'm very sensitive to molds. I mean, I've built an entire house in Santa Fe to hopefully never be exposed again. Uh, although I was, but anyway, um, I, f- I could feel it on him. I mean, he came in with his bag and, you know, all these papers and I immediately got in this rash and he didn't even say a word. And I, you got rashed just being in his presence, just being in his presence. Was that because you were currently dealing with mold no. and it was just, no. Wow. Yeah. So I told him, I mean, before he even explained, he'd been everywhere, right? I mean, I I got all the people. You're my last hope. I've been to XYZ. I've spent $10,000. I don't know where to go next. 
And I mean, had, you know, literally binders of labs, right? That he's been to all these people. And before he even pulled any of it out, I just said, I'm going to tell you what the issue is right now. You have toxic mold. Tell me about where you're living, where you're working. And I mean, he did. I mean, he, you know, he went home and, and he just did what he needed to do. I mean, of course I have the people that, you know, when it comes to your home, I don't want to leave, you know, I, I have all these my child, you know, my child's things, this, that, and the other photographs. I don't know what to do with it. I mean, when it comes to your personal space in a place, particularly if you've been there for a long time, that can be a very difficult thing. And I've had a lot of people not listen, right? And then they come back four, five, six, 10 years later, I should have listened to you. I finally, you know, got out and now I feel better. But he listened to me. I mean, just literally based on that. I mean, I was very fortunate that I had people coming. They had gone everywhere. And it was just like, you are my last hope. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I, of course, don't take that lightly. I personally have lost everything I own um, three times to mold. So, yes. So, you know, I know what it is. I mean, I I have been through most everything that my patients have been through. And I don't ask wow. them to do things that, you know, uh, I don't ask them to do things that I wouldn't be willing to do myself. How do you know if you have mold in your home? Well, that I know because I can feel it. Um, You know, I don't want to get too into it, but we spent four years building a house out of pumice crete and steel. I literally have no wood in our home. And I designed every aspect of this house, again, with with an architect, to never have mold again. Um, there was an issue with the dryer vent that they installed it incorrectly. Nobody told me about it. It was condensating for the first couple of months in our house. Um, anyway, had a leak. We left on vacation. I came back in. I turned to my husband. Well, I started getting in a rash before we left. But when I left and then I came back in our house, I literally said, I won't use the you know curse word here on, but we've got a problem. I'm so I, I'm lucky I can feel it places. And so again, you can, and this is a whole conversation in itself. And I would love to come back just to talk about toxic mold, but I'll give a couple of tidbits here. Um, you can do testing. Um, I uh, recommend mycotoxin testing, uh, air testing of your home, which is traditionally what most large companies do. Look, if they find something, you really got a problem. But most cases, you know, people... Uh, those do not come back positive for a lot of people, even though they have toxic molds. So if you're doing a mycotoxin test, those are the really bad toxic molds that give off VOCs and they are not picked up in a traditional um, air quality sampling. You know, just look at the history. Have you had leaks? How did those things get repaired? How old is the home? Do you have a crawl space? I mean, I can give a whole list of things to think about. Um, and If you cannot do any of those things, another good way, just like an elimination diet, if you can, leave the space. Now, you, of course, don't know where you're going is mold free, but, you know, try to go somewhere new. Maybe go to a place like a Santa Fe that has very low humidity. Go, if you can, get out for a while and and try to not take a lot of stuff with you in case it's contaminated and then go back in. And how do you feel in your space? I mean, you, you can do this with kind of anything, right? How do you feel about the energy in your house, the EMFs, the toxic, you know, husband or wife that's living in the house? I mean, I'm, I'm sort of joking, but I mean, you remove yourself. You see, do you get better? Do you get worse when you come back in? This is not always 100% again, because you might have taken too much stuff. 
It, it might be so bad you need a longer amount of time away. You might have gone to a place that's moldy. So, I mean, there's a lot involved. But um, there's also testing that you can do on yourself to look for the level of mycotoxins in your body. The thing about that is it doesn't really tell you where the exposure was. Um, you know, if you're a person that works at home and goes to an office or maybe you're a person like myself, which cannot detox these very well, it could be from a, you know, older exposure and not an acute exposure and you just weren't able yeah. to get them out of your system. Could be like your childhood home, not your current yeah. home. Exactly. Wow. Well, yeah. that's a whole other thing we have to start looking at is, yeah. is the molds. Um, when you think about your patients that have healed from these autoimmune conditions, how long does it generally take if someone is committed? I know it's individual, but just, you know. I mean, it is so individualized. Where are you on that spectrum? How willing are you to, you know, make the changes? Um, you know, maybe you are super willing, but you're just not able to leave your home and toxic mold is the thing. I, again, in the beginning, when I had people coming, it was very simple. Let's do an elimination diet. Let's, you know, uh, do a stool test and do a comprehensive stool analysis. You have candida, you have SIBO, we heal these things. People are dramatically better. I mean, I had a child one time who was had a multi-million dollar neuro neurologic workup, falling down the stairs, spasticity, got him off gluten and dairy and within days. Same thing, I can think of people with migraine headaches, right? Or you get these people and they've gotten to a, to a plateau. And, you know, there is some intuition that has to go into this, you know, as there is an art, it is mm -hmm. the art of medicine, which has been completely lost. And it's not ta taught in medical school, right? I just, you know, how did I sense with this person? I had a woman who came to see me multiple autoimmune conditions, hit a plateau, was in a wheelchair. And I just said, go do hyperbaric medicine, go do 20 sessions and call me back. She called me after the 10th session. She was out of the wheelchair. I mean, wow. there can just be dramatic things. But for other people, it's, it's a process. You know, again, it's like if you have Hashimoto's or if you have um, type 1 diabetes, you may not even be able to lower your dose of hormone, but you may just begin to feel better, you know, or um, the puffiness may be going away because the inflammation is lower or you're sleeping better and all the, you know, all the pieces come together. So I wish I could give you, um, but let me put it this way. I mean, my goal, and you had asked about conventional medicine and why aren't they doing this? Because they survive the insurance companies and the doctors who are getting paid by the insurance companies now survive on people staying sick. They survive and they thrive and they make money by giving more drugs and people staying sick. I, on the other hand, as a cash-based practice, survived by you getting well and telling someone else and then them becoming a patient. I was constantly looking for new patients. So if I were to say that, I mean, I would say probably on average by maybe the fifth, sixth appointment, of course, I had people who just continued to see me year after year because they also wanted to. I was managing their thyroid and things like that. But after about six visits, but we would go, um, you know, you would come, you would go off, do an elimination diet. We did. We drew all your labs in the clinic and then um, those would take a month or so to come back. So, you know, maybe it would be six to eight weeks before you followed up again. And then we would act on those. You have candida. Here's, you know, what we need to do for candida. Here's this. You have that. And then it'd be another eight weeks before you came back. So, I mean, you know, if you're dealing with, you know, what is that? Two months, I'm six, six months to a year. Yeah. 
That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the same kind of pattern that I've been on with my naturopath where Mm -hmm. you just go. And for me, I'm like, I went all in and I started seeing results really, really quickly. But I think, you know, the, 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 you know, the cool thing for people to be aware of is that is, is I always say, pretend like you're the football coach on your team. You're not going to put the quarterback at defense. You're not going to put the defense at kicker. Everyone plays their position. So we know what Western medicine is amazing at and we use them there. And then when we want to heal, we know where we got to go. And so I think uh, once you have that awareness, you realize how much of it is on you. And I totally agree with the intuition because I see, I've seen myself taking care of my mom all those years while she was sick and how much I had to rely on my intuition on where to go next, what to do next, what decision to make. Um, I also see it with my naturopath and myself when we're collaborating. She's using her intuition a lot as well, based on all of the work she's done all these years and everything she's seen and everything, you know, it's, it's a really big part of it, but we have to develop that within ourselves and, and take more ownership. We just made merch for the show. And on the back of one of the sweatshirts, it says CEO of my health. Mm-hmm. And it says it for a reason because we need to be. Absolutely. I mean, you know, had I not been persistent, you know, things could have gotten a lot worse for me. I mean, and particularly we as women, I mean, we are generally the decision makers about health in our family, particularly if there are children involved. It is not cookie cutter, but I mean, most of my patients were women um, because they are, of course, more prone to get autoimmunity, but because they are the CEOs of their household, of their health, of the family's health. I mean, the number of people that came and like, okay, I'm just going to do this diet and my husband's not really interested, but I'm the one that cooks. So I'm going to cook for him. Then of course they'd come back like he's not even coming and he lost 15 pounds and you know, his, you know, he doesn't need a CPAP machine anymore. You know, the wives that would come in, you know, (laughs) we are, but we're also the people who get more dismissed as, Oh, histrionic. And you're complaining about this and it's just old age and it's just paranoia for a new mom, you know, so you have to stand up for yourself. And I, no one knows yourself better than you. Nobody knows your body better than you. And if you believe something's wrong, you don't stop until you get somebody who will listen to you. Mm-hmm. Do you believe what Mark Hyman said that 80% of it is diet? Well, I think for a lot of people, again, when I was seeing people, I have migraines, I have irritable bowel, I have, you know, when you're seeing people with six autoimmune conditions or even one, no, I believe that, you know, that there are these five factors. I mean, I call them the four pillars in my book, but these five factors, diet is certainly one of them. Leaky gut is huge. I mean, it. Alessio Fasano, whose research team, you know, discovered zonulin, which is the molecule that comes with leaky gut and then causes those drawbridge, drawbridges to open up. And then these particles and, you know, toxins and infections to get into your bloodstream and then your body goes to attack them you know, he leaky gut needs to be there in order to have an autoimmune condition based on his research. And so if you're just changing your diet and you're not really addressing the gut. So I would say, you know, at a minimum, most people, if you're dealing with diet and the gut for a lot of chronic conditions, that's going to do an enormous amount. And then when you're dealing with autoimmunity and several autoimmune conditions, then you really have to also look at the toxins, the infections, and also the stress. So when you say the diet and the gut, I would think the diet is what would help the gut. 
what are you suggesting or what, what does your practice do for the gut? Yeah. So the first step in healing the gut in the 4R program is to remove, and it's removing these toxic and inflammatory foods. But you also have to remove any infections that are in there. If you have parasites, if you have candida, if you have small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, you need to get rid of these infections. Now, part of getting rid of these infections is changing your diet. And, you know, if candida is feeding on um, low, um, uh, very simple sugars and carbohydrates, by changing your diet and eliminating those things, you are going to begin to starve that yeast. People who've had yeast, you're 40, 50 years old, and you've had yeast since you were little from a C-section and antibiotics for ear infections, diet alone, I don't believe we'll get that. I mean, I, we have some supplements, caprylic acid. We have some various supplements, enzymes to help break down the yeast cell wall. I'm a medical doctor. I'm able to prescribe. I mean, I, Diflucan was literally, I mean, we used to joke. It's like, you know, it's like uh, Oxycontin or something in our clinic. I mean, people were like, I need my Diflucan, <laughs> you know? I mean, because it would feel so amazing. We'd get rid of this, you know, I had an indiscretion. I went, you know, on a, on a, you know, it was my 40th birthday and I had, you know, two weeks of cake and whatever. I need another prescription for Diflucan. I mean, I'm sort of joking, but I'm not. I mean, I would use um, prescription medications if I needed to. I mean, with small bowel bacterial overgrowth, um, Zyfaxin is an antibiotic that's very specific to that, to that overgrowth of bacteria in your small intestines. I used a lot of that. Never wrote for other antibiotics. But many people's insurance couldn't cover it. It was $1,000 if it didn't. So I also had an herbal formula, um, Microbe Clear, that we would use in the clinic. Or, and of course, we use those supplements in my online programs and stuff where, you know, people can't get the prescriptions. But And they work wonderfully well. And, you know, being a medical doctor, you know, if I could write a prescription for something that I knew was very specific to what they have and not going to harm the gut further, I would do that. Got it. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't done a lot of that part of it. I've, I, you know, I focused on the diet and all of that. <clears throat> and I know my naturopath has me on the SBI protect. Have you heard of those? Yeah. So all of these, <clears throat> so just back to the four R, I mean, you want to remove the foods, remove the infections. You want to re replace what's missing. Um, well, we'll get to that re-inoculating, but digestive enzymes, maybe your low stomach acid, maybe you were on um, PPIs for a while and you have low stomach acid that allows bacteria to overgrow, mm -hmm. that allows candida to overgrow. So maybe you need some stomach acid to help kill off some of this stuff. You want to re-inoculate with a really good, strong probiotic. We have a hundred billion you know, probiotic, or if you have SIBO, we have a soil-based probiotic. And then you want to repair the gut with things like L-glutamine, um, slippery elm, marshmallow. I mean, you want to build up that mucous membrane and help repair the gut more quickly. And so it's all part of the package. But if you're continuing to have issues and no one's done a comprehensive stool test to see if you have any underlying infections, maybe over time, you know, two years, three years, you're going to be able to, through diet and, you know, these other things, be able to heal that. But mm -hmm. Why not Maybe not process, right? You got candida in there. Why not, if they're able to prescribe, do some Diflucan, or if not, use, you know, caprylic acid and enzymes that break down the yeast cell wall. I mean, I often say, you know, when you're looking for a functional medicine doctor, ask them if they can only do one functional test, what would it be? And if they don't say a comprehensive stool test to look at your gut, 
you know, I would maybe continue to look because 80% of our immune systems in our gut, you got an autoimmune condition, something's going on in your gut. Yeah. What about alopecia? I didn't realize alopecia was an autoimmune condition. What have you seen in your practice work for that? Yeah. So there's alopecia, hormonal alopecia. Of course, there's alopecia just means hair loss, right? Your hair, your hair is falling out. That can be hormonal. That can be, of course, male pattern baldness. Alopecia areata or alopecia universalis are autoimmune conditions. And I'll tell you that, um, again, I would do everything that I'm talking about. Start with the gut, start with the diet, you know, look at all toxins, infections, stress, look at all of these things. It's universal for all autoimmune conditions. I will say that alopecia and vitiligo, which is, you know, the damaging of your of your um, melanin. So you, you get the white spotches on your skin. And those two are more difficult than the others to get them. If you're lucky, you can get them to stop. And if you're really lucky, you can get them to reverse. I've seen red light therapy. You know, there's a lot more research coming out, out about red light therapy. If I don't know what to do, hyperbaric oxygen, you know, where you are super saturating your body with oxygen is, I mean, excellent for all of these um, autoimmune conditions, long COVID. There's a lot coming out. Uh, acute COVID, there's a lot coming out about hyperbaric oxygen. And then I had this woman, this is more towards the vitiligo than, than alopecia, but I had a woman, she was African descent. She'd come over from um, Africa. Um, I believe she was from Rwanda and she had uh, vitiligo. And I mean, we went through everything. And then I started talking to her about, somehow it came up about what she did for a living. And she was an interpreter for people who were you know, refugees from Rwanda. And as an interpreter, she went into court and she had to say, literally interpret and say, I this, I was raped. I watched my parents die. I, she couldn't say she. So she was internal. I, I know I have goosebumps. It's wow. really difficult. She was internalizing this every day, telling these tragic, horrific stories of what people had been through. And I understand, you know, she wanted to give back. She spoke English. She wanted to help her fellow citizens that had escaped these just horrific conditions. But she was saying, I, and I mean, I still have goosebumps. She was living these people's stories. She was taking them on. And I said, I think you need to quit your job. I mean, you are reliving this trauma day after day for these. I understand the good you're doing, but, you know, if you want to get rid of this vitiligo, you've got to quit your job. She, of course, didn't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she she eventually left because she wasn't seeing progress. And then she called me about, I don't know if it was six months or a year later. And she told me she quit her job and her vitiligo had been reversed. Wow. Fully reversed. So, I mean, you have, I mean, you have to dig and you have to dig and you have to, as a physician, you have to listen and you have to pull it out and, and make the leaps and bounds. And, you know, I mean, people were looking to me for that. What do I do? And I mean, I had to say hard things to people mm -hmm. that frankly, sometimes I was guessing. I mean, that was my intuition. I didn't know if she quit her job, if that was going to do it. But you knew instinctively that there was something there. That, I mean, we had gone through everything, right? Yeah. I mean, back then I wasn't as well-versed in hyperbaric medicine and so probably would have suggested that. So I didn't suggest that back then because I wasn't using it um, myself. I mean, I personally use it. Um, and, you know, I, so I was just, 
yeah, my intuition was like, God, if I was sitting there every day saying, I, I am living these stories, you're reliving a trauma, even though it wasn't mm-hmm. even your trauma, but your body is feeling that trauma as you're taking on the onus of I. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I'm going to let the girls jump in because I'm sure that they have questions and I want to let them have a chance. Carolina, Kelsey, come on in. Um, It's funny because you talking about the SIBO stuff and talking about I've done the Diflucan and I've done, what was the other one you said? Yes, I vaccinated. Okay, so here's my question with that and people with gut issues or have had SIBO. I've heard both to do the antibiotic again if you feel it flaring up and to not because then your body becomes reliant on it. So this is a very specific and tailored to me and SIBO question, but like, what would you recommend? Yeah, well, I would be looking at why do I keep getting SIBO? I mean, that's that's what I'd be looking at. And then I'll answer your question, but why are you getting SIBO? Are you digressing from the diet and you're eating more carbs? Do you have a stressor in your life that is just, you know, fueling that? Um, you know, did you have a negative test? Did you truly get rid of the SIBO? Did your symptoms go away? Did you take a test? And was it negative? I would be looking at why do I keep getting in this boat? And, you know, if it's years in between each time that you're getting in that boat, because yeah, you eased up on the diet and you started eating more sugar. It was your 30th, 40th, 50th birthday and, you know, your wedding anniversary and you've digressed. Okay. You, you have an explanation, but I mean, if this is, you know, coming back to back to back. Yeah. I mean, that is not something that I like, whether it's Diflucan or Zyfaxin or even the same supplements. I mean, these bugs are very smart. They work their way around things. So you really want to get to the root. And then, it, you know, you can um, certainly taking Zyfaxin a few times in your lifetime. I've taken it probably three or four times in my lifetime over a lifetime, not a big deal. If you're taking it every six weeks after you finished and a week later it comes back, you really need to find out why is this coming back. But again, you can also alternate with, we have a product, Microbe Clear, that has you know walnut and various other berberine in there that really is great at helping with SIBO and other infections and parasites as well. So you can also alternate from various supplements you know, to an antibiotic or the Diflucan with the um, supplements for candida. So helpful. Thank you. And I was just a follow-up too with the emotional element. Cause I had read so much about that. And honestly, I was telling this to you, Dr. Amy, but you were the first person when I was going on my SIBO journey and everyone was like, you're cool. You're fine. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Cause I have a bowling ball in my gut and I found your like food list and I just started following it. Um, but I'm so curious about the emotional element with SIBO. Can you talk a little bit about that and like the emotional, like just how the mental and physical tie? Yeah. Well, I mean, 80% of our serotonin is made in our gut as we were forming in our mother's womb, you know, the same tissue from our brain and our gut are connected. I mean, there's this gut brain connection. Uh, I'm listening to, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He might be a great guy to interview. I don't know him at all, but Joe Dispenza. Oh, I've, yeah. He's been on the show many times and I've been meditating with him for over a year and changing yeah. my whole life. So life. That's why when you mentioned the woman from Rwanda, I totally understood what you were saying. Right. Right. So, I mean, I'm just now, you know, a friend had recommended it a while ago and, you know, even I, it takes a while to get around or, you know, make mm-hmm. adjustments. So I'm starting to, you know, listen, but just now, you know, there are these studies of people just 
thinking things and embodying them and, you know, making literal external changes. I mean, he has a study, he didn't do the study, but mentions a study about, you know, unwinding DNA um, just through thought or prayer. I mean, we've all heard the stories, right? You know, I had all of these congregations praying for me and something miraculously changed. So the intention, but not just the thought, you have to really embody it as well, right? The, you know, the environment. And that also goes for manifesting, you know, the positive and the negative. But if you're living in this mind that I'm chronically ill, I always, I keep getting SIBO over and over and you're telling your body this, it could be for that reason alone, right? Or it could be like the woman in Rwanda. You just have this stressor that you've either chronically identified with and brought it on that may no longer be in your life, but you're embodying that to, uh, you know, you could be in some sort of a toxic relationship to a toxic environment that is just, you know, pressing, pressing down on you and keeping that infection or that health issue alive. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always a, a combination, I feel like, because you know, Kelsey, I've told her many times when she's spoken negatively about her stomach, I'm like, you have to be nice to your stomach. You got to work with your stomach. So, you know, one of the things that I've been doing since I started studying with Dr. Joe is I'm thanking all my organs every night. I'm thinking all the, the systems, the digestive system, the endocrine system, I think everything and, and work with it rather than against it. And I try you know, even in crisis, which, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're all going to have to deal with, I try to get back up fast and start choosing wonder over worry. And so I'll say, I wonder what it's going to be like when I get great news. I wonder what it's going to be like when the doctor calls me and says, this is better. And, and I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. So it's, it's a shifting of energy and of your mindset. And then it shifts the chemicals in your body. And, you know, I, I'm glad that you brought mm. that up because some people think I've done the work. I got rid of the candida. I got rid of the SIBO. My autoimmune markers are negative. You know, this is great. I'm done. And then something can happen. You can have a baby. You can mm -hmm. lose a parent. You can be exposed to toxic mold and be like I was my first anniversary sleeping on a balcony for a month because I couldn't tolerate anything. And I've been there. I mean, I have counseled patients who can't tolerate anything and they're sleeping in tents. I was there. I mean, I was as healthy as you could be writing the autoimmune solution, living life, getting married, and literally within a year, 
moved in with my husband, toxic mold, sickness out of nowhere, scary autoimmune markers going up. I mean, literally it was right before our one year anniversary. I said, I'm leaving. I'm going to this apartment that someone you know, has told me is safe. You can come or you can go, but I'm gone. And, you know, and then just, and it can be not something in your control, something in the external environment that comes in and you are smacked down mm-hmm. at the bottom of that spectrum again, or risen up to the top of the spectrum again. And you just go back to the basics and, and you can get well again. I mean, the number, you know, I live this life. I've written the books. I own a supplement company. I've done all this stuff with people and I have gotten back up that autoimmune spectrum several times since that book came out. And I've also am fortunately living right now with all my autoimmune markers negative. So, I mean, it is a spectrum. It's life. It's the journey of life. Don't beat yourself up. I mean, certainly if you're sabotaging yourself, but if you're doing all the right things and something hits you externally that, that you have no control over, it is life and you can get back down that spectrum. I promise you can. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I needed to hear that. And I know everybody else needed to hear that. And I've never heard anybody say that either, because it's so easy to feel like you're a failure when Mm -hmm. you fall again. And, and I don't mean just fall making a poor food choice. Like you eat the cake tonight and you feel like a failure. I mean, everything's going great. It's happened to me where I'm like, Oh my God, I'm healing. Everything's amazing. And then boom, Tyson knocks me out again. I'm like, what the F like I'm doing everything. God, I'm doing it all. And you know, I stay in that pity party for maybe a few hours, but then I realize, okay, well, this is happening for a reason. And I have to get back up. Like I, I don't have a lot of choices here. I, I want to keep moving forward. So I, I love hearing from someone like you who has, who has walked this walk say, you know, I, I keep having to get back up to that, that, you know, cause I know my naturopath, um, describes autoimmunity as like on and off. So sometimes it's on, sometimes it's off. And so things like you said, stressors will come into life. That is life. It is a roller coaster. Shit's going to keep happening. So we have to have empathy and patience with ourselves and our bodies as they process things differently, right? You're, if you haven't dealt with your childhood trauma, maybe your SIBO is going to stay longer. Maybe your you know, autoimmune condition is going to stay longer, whatever it is, until you deal with that. And then as that gets re-triggered, maybe it comes back. So there's so many things that we, we don't, um, we don't give kind of, uh, uh, give ourselves, we don't kind of, you know, give ourselves ourselves grace. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in this situation that I, I didn't, you know, I didn't do it to myself. I got married and I moved in a home with my husband and then suddenly started getting sick. You know, I mean, it wasn't that I, laxed on the diet or I wasn't doing this or wasn't doing that. But I mean, can you imagine I'm sitting there feeling like, am I a fraud? Right. You know I mean? I'm writing my yes. book, the thyroid connection, and I'm literally sleeping on a balcony outside. I mean, I write about it in the book about, you know, how I'd been exposed and, you know, I, I was scared. I mean, I had, you know, some really scary markers starting to go up. I mean, I was fortunate. I do know my body and I do know when something's off and then I was fortunate to, you know, be in a position that I had a lab in my office and I was just go check autoimmune markers and I can track these things, you know, very 
easily for better or worse, you know, mm-hmm. that I, that I can do these things. And it, it, um, it, it's, it's hard, but yes, I mean, it, I don't want to say it can happen to the best of us, but I mean, we are human, you and I mm-hmm. are human and it happens to us too. Why would it not? Yeah, I know my dad, when my mom was sick, you know, we both got brain tumors and the whole thing. My dad would be in the kitchen cooking. Like, why, Maria, why this all has to happen to our family? I said, why not, dad? Everybody else is dealing with it too. We're not the only ones. So whenever something happens to you, you have to understand, you keep thinking, you know, a lot of us will have this and I'll have this sometimes too. I'm like, oh, everybody else gets to eat what they want or everybody else gets to live without all of these burdens. It's not true. Everybody has shit. That's just how it is. I had this, my mother, you know, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, passed away within four months. Mm-hmm. And literally we got the news that it was pancreatic cancer. And I remember standing there in my grandmother's living rooms. The first thing I said is why me? And then my brain immediately went, why not? Horrible mm-hmm. things are happening to people every day, every second yeah. of every day. Why would I be spared? Yeah. Go into a, a major medical institution for a field trip. And just go look at how ill people are and how much they're suffering. And every day that you don't have something should be the luckiest, most blessed day of your life. And even if it's something that's manageable, still go in and field trip and just see that there's so much out there. And we have to just keep staying in gratitude as Dr. Joe teaches us so that we can keep attracting more of that and and maybe more healing rather than the opposite. Um, I'm so sorry about your mom. Was that recent? Uh, no, it was um, when I was 30. So 23 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Pancreatic cancer is a, a scary thing because it's, it goes undiagnosed. You don't have any symptoms. Yeah. So there's mother, nothing to know. My mother, um, we didn't grow up with much money. She didn't have health insurance. And so she went to the doctor and they didn't want to run any, she was having back pain and she didn't want to have, uh, they didn't want to do any extensive testing like a CAT scan or anything because she didn't have insurance and, you know, whatnot. And then, you know, finally the back pain was so bad that she got the CAT scan and there it was. And, you know, I just returned from the Peace Corps two and a half years um, away. Um, my great grandmother died at 103 just a few months earlier. And there was no cancer in my family. Literally, I was applying to medical schools, but when they said it had metastasized to her liver, I did not even know what that word meant because Mm. cancer had never touched our family. I mean, all of my, knock on wood, um, all of my grandparents, great, I mean, I grew up four generations in New Orleans. I had a great grandmother. I mean, she helped raise me and it was incredible. But, you know, my grandmother, grandfather, they all died of, you know, old age. I mean, we have no, no history. And then there was my mother who actually was the vision of health. I mean, it's the irony. She, she taught, um, she jogged before anybody did in the seventies. She taught yoga. I grew up eating homemade whole wheat bread, homemade yogurt. She knew about the microbiome. We had, you know, Chinese herbs. I mean, I hate hearing this. Literally the vision of health. I mean, you know, all of her siblings, not all of them, but I mean, you know, she was one of six and they just, you know, she was the one that, exercised and ate right and, you know, did all of those things, but she had a lot of stress. You know, my parents divorced when I was young. She finances were difficult my whole life. She was trying to 
raise a child on her own and, you know, provide as best a life for me as she could. She went back to architecture school later in life. I mean, she had a lot of stresses. And so, I mean, I do think she had a lot of trauma and stresses and I do mm-hmm. think, and, you know, she wasn't, um, you know, she wasn't in a financial position to be able to do the things that she needed to do. And so, um, and there wasn't the kind of awareness that we have now around, functional medicine and alternative therapies and all of these things that are now coming out, you know, red light therapy and lasers and hyperbarics and, you know, IV glutathione. I mean, all these things that, you know, now there are these wellness places, shops, you know, infrared saunas popping up places that even if you don't have the ability to, um, you know, own one of these things yourself, there are places that you can go. Or if you can't get a doctor to write a prescription for hyperbaric therapy for you, you know, you can go in most major cities and cryotherapy or hyperbaric, Mm -hmm. of course, these things are still expensive. And, you know, it hasn't been brought into, you know, into a way it hasn't been adopted by conventional medicine and insurance companies, right. To where people of lower incomes can go take advantage of what is out there now. And that's, you know, a whole nother conversation, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just, Um, I, I literally in my blessings, thank, you know, that, I mean, I just am so thankful that I became a physician and I have the knowledge, you know, to be able to advocate for others, but my own family, you know, to be able to advocate for my own family. We all just had COVID and flu at the same time, you know, right before Christmas. And it's just like, I mean, I, you know, knew how to advocate for myself and navigate that and advocate Mm -hmm. for my family, frankly. Yeah, no, I, I, I can see where that's such a gift. I want to go back um, to school and become a doctor myself. I'm like, I need to learn more. I need to know more, but this, this is my school no. every day. That's why yes, I love this. Absolutely. I mean, um, absolutely. And this will be uh, hopefully the first of many conversations with you because I loved it. I loved everything you had to say, and I'm so grateful for your time today and for everything that you shared with us. Well, thank you. And I mean, I'm so grateful that you are, you know, speaking of people, you know, just getting this information to people, right? I mean, it's free information. You can't ask for anything better than that. Then, you know, to, I tell people, educate yourself and then make the decision that's right for you. Yep. And Absolutely. so thank you for helping to empower people. That is our mission at um, Amy Myers MD is to empower the world to achieve optimal health. So thanks for allowing me to be here. And thanks for helping to empower everyone. Uh, we have a shared mission. I love it. All right. You know, I love these conversations, Kelsey. Uh, that was amazing. She's amazing. And well, and you am... guys together too. We're just like, it was so awesome. <laughs> uh, and I wasn't feeling well. And I was like, ah. I don't know if I can do this, but she just lit me up. Uh, Kelsey, I know that we have a special code for the heel squad. So I want you to speak to that to make sure everybody can take advantage of this beautiful offer. No, I'm really excited. So she, I'm going to link it for you guys because it's kind of confusing, but she basically gave us a code. So if anyone wants to buy any of the products from her website, we got $15 off if you spend a hundred dollars. So I'll link it below for everyone so you can just copy and paste that code into her website and use all her beautiful supplements it's called heel pod 15 but Ooh, it'll awesome. be in there yeah. all right friends uh oof, a lot of stuff in there but a lot of hope too which is so cool you know when you talk to somebody who is out there healing people or was out there healing people it just makes me so excited um 
that, you know, when you Google, is this curable? And it says no, that there are people out there that can. So Dr. Amy Myers is one of those people. And uh, I hope you guys have a chance to look into her more and maybe read her books. I, I'm getting myself uh, a copy of them as well. In the meantime, be nice people, make good choices and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or MariaMenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.